Hello, hello, listeners of the pod. My name's Claire. If you didn't already know, this is the Yours Julie podcast, and I am your host. I am your non-diet registered dietitian behind the mic. I am also your resident peanut butter and jelly enthusiast, but through the months of September through December, let's be honest, I am your resident pumpkin enthusiast. And, you know, apple as a close second if we're talking things all fall flavors. But um, alas, that is not what we are here to talk about today. But I hope wherever you are tuning in from, you are doing well on this Wednesday or whatever day you are choosing to listen. We in Virginia here, I live on the, the coast of Virginia, and I feel like we have not seen the sun in literal days. I actually cannot remember the last sunny day that we had for anyone living in the Pacific Northwest, like our guest does today, you're probably rolling your eyes at me because I think you all get a lot of cloud cover up there, but we are just not used to it here living on the coast. And uh, I'm trying to not let it impact my mood too much, but you know, have to drink some caffeine and just stay awake throughout the cloudy day. <laughs> but uh, today on the podcast, I am talking with Dr. Megan Banker. I will be sharing a little bit more about her and her bio and what we talk about a little bit later in the intro. But just to give you a teaser, this was such a fun episode to record. I've been trying to bring on a variety of humans with different levels of you know expertise or areas of expertise, I should say. And I've tried to branch out of the dietitian community to bring in other healthcare professionals, and Megan is a chiropractor. So the first chiropractor I've ever had on the show, and I cannot wait to tell you more about her. But before we do, speaking of all things fall, I am planning something very special. If you listen to last week's episode, this is going to sound familiar, but I'm only getting to talk about it on two podcast episodes. So just let me do it for a few minutes. But uh, on the day that this episode airs, so if you're listening on release date of today's episode, which is Wednesday, October 20th, you are listening on the day of our fall webinar. The title of the webinar is How to Break the Haunting Binge Restrict Cycle. Yes, I'm going for a little bit of a Halloween fall theme, so we're calling it a haunting cycle. But uh, this webinar is for you if you want to stop feeling out of control around food, if you want to keep your favorite foods and, dare I say, Halloween candies around without fear of binging on them, and it's also for you if you want to learn three actionable strategies that you can use to stop this cycle. So it is $10 to register, $10 USD, I should say, and registration includes access to the live webinar, which is tonight, October 20th, from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. Eastern. You are also going to get access to the webinar replay in case you can't make it live tonight, or if you just want to watch it again and again, you'll have the ability to do that. And registering will also land you a copy of our take-home 
Home Guidebook to help you set goals and take action on what you learn all throughout the webinar. And if you are able to attend live, you will be entered in a giveaway where one lucky winner is going to receive a copy of the fourth edition of Intuitive Eating, or if you already have that book, I will gift you another intuitive eating related book of your choice, and you'll also get an assortment of yours truly original stickers. Again, that goes to the winner of our giveaway and only people who are going to be entered into that giveaway are the people who attend live. So catch us live tonight, 6.30 to 7.30 Eastern if you are able. The link to register for the webinar is going to be in the show notes of today's episode so you can check out that wherever you are listening or if you follow me on Instagram at Claire Tuning, the link to registration will also be in the link in my bio until probably tomorrow (laughs) when the webinar is no longer a thing but I hope to see you there it's going to be a really great time without a doubt you know if you know anything about me I have a long list of Halloween and fall related puns that I have been plotting and I am very excited to share I hope you all will be laughing with me and not at me but you know if you laugh at me that is okay as someone who makes puns on the regular I'm used to people laughing at me but Hope you will laugh with me and join me for the webinar. But back to our regularly scheduled programming here on the pod, let's hop to our Yours Truly Goal Slayer featured post of the week. So this post comes from a longtime community member. I have been familiar with this person, with their name for quite a while now. They are a very active member in our community and they did not disappoint with this post. So the post reads, recently I've been super stressed about packing lunches for work that keep me satisfied throughout the day. I've started doing I've started going down the frozen aisle and grabbing family packs of easy foods and toss, tossing them into five containers for each day of the work week. I know that if this container is full, that is enough food to keep me full until dinner time. It's not pretty or fancy or following any traditional diet standards, but it is convenient for me without having to go out to lunch every day. And then she says, this week's menu is chicken patty, curly fries, and carrots. She has two to go along with this post. You obviously can't see it here, but she has a photo of these containers and it looks like she is loading them up with the chicken patty and the curly fries and the carrots in the middle of taking this photo because some of them have carrots and some of them don't quite yet. But I wanted to read this post to all of you and feature it here on the intro of today's episode because what a wonderful reminder of how eating and fueling our bodies doesn't have to be pretty, doesn't have to be fancy like this poster was writing. It really can be anything that you have access to, anything that fills you up, anything that you find relatively satisfying, and that might come in the form of convenience items in frozen items that you heat up, might also come in the form of fresh items if that is your preference or what you have the time and the energy for. But moral of the story, food is fuel. Of course, food is way more than just fuel. 
but at the end of the day it is fuel for the body and all your body really cares about is having enough of that to give you energy for both your body and your brain to get you through the day so a big shout out to this poster and a, a thank you as well for this reminder of how we can be flexible in our approaches to eating especially packing lunches if you're someone who has to go into work every day but if you are wondering about this community if this is your first time listening to the podcast this is a free private facebook group that is filled with individuals who are interested in intuitive eating learning more about the non-diet approach. They want to receive community support from a group of like-minded people on the interwebs. And if you are not already in this group, we would absolutely love to have you. So the way that you join is by visiting my website. That's clairetuning.com slash community. Again, clairetuning.com slash community. That link will take you directly to a brief application that I will request that you fill out because filling out the application not only helps me and my team get to know you, but it also helps you learn some of the rules and the guidelines that we follow in this community to keep it safe and as uplifting as possible for everyone who chooses to be there. So I hope to see you soon and maybe we can all have a group discussion about chicken patties and curly fries because yum. (laughs) But without further ado, let's go ahead and introduce our very special guest for today's episode. Like I said earlier, her name is Dr. Megan Banker. And before I introduce her in the, you know, legit way where I read her bio, I have to say that we are in many ways, her and I, the same person, I am convinced, because I'm going to list out some of the similarities that Megan and I have discovered in many of our back and forths over the past few months. If if only you all could see the DM thread that Megan and I have going between ourselves, like every time I or she posts something, we're like in each other's DMs saying, OMG, me too, are we the same person? <laughs> um, but not only are we both huge Taylor Swift fans, but we also have come to discover that we have the same favorite Taylor Swift album. Now, if you're not a Taylor Swift fan, what I'm about to say will not mean much to you, and that is okay. But if you are a Swifty, don't come for me when I tell you that my favorite album And Megan's favorite album as well, as you will hear her talk about in the this or that segment of the interview, is Reputation. Now, I know it's a hot take. I know some people would say we are brave for having that hot take, but we will not apologize for what we like. And I hope I can speak for both (laughs) Megan and I when I say that. But we are both Reputation stands. We have also recently come to the discovery per the episode that I released a few weeks ago with Barb, uh, the non-diet trainer. Um, That interview was about the Enneagram personality test and how that can be really useful in deciding what type of movement is going to be great for you. So uh, go check out that episode from a couple of weeks ago if you haven't already. But per that episode, Dr. Megan and I have figured out that we have the exact same Enneagram type. We are both three wing twos, if that means anything to you. Very similar personality wise. And if that weren't enough, 
I have also recently learned that she is a reality TV show fan and she enjoys the same spread of snacks that my friends and I often make for our reality TV show parties. So if you need me, after I finish recording this episode, I will indeed be on a plane to Portland to go visit Dr. Megan and uh, get a chiropractic adjustment from her because that sounds like it would be a very fun time. <laughs> but uh, I could ramble on for ages and ages about Megan and how awesome she is, but I am going to share a little bit about her from her bio so you, our listener, can learn more about her training and what she is here to speak on. Dr. Megan Banker is the owner and chiropractor at Verve Lifestyle Center in Portland, Oregon. Before chiropractic school, Dr. Banker pursued degrees in neurobiology and neuroscience from UC Davis. Dr. Megan is on a mission to inspire her community to live without limits. She is a health at every size or haze doctor and works with all bodies in a safe space, free of judgment or shame. When she's not doing her boss lady duties, you will find her rock or mountain climbing in the Pacific Northwest. Her personal Instagram page at PDX Outdoor Cairo, and we'll have that link below, but it highlights her outdoor climbing life and the push for size inclusion in the outdoor industry. Her practice Instagram at Verve Life PDX gives tips and tricks for improving your health and well being through intuitive, body-affirming care. In this episode with Dr. Megan, we talk about a, a lot of different things, from a Taylor Swift to Hayes from a chiropractic lens to how she got into being an outdoors person. I do not think you will be bored <laughs> in this conversation. Um, she also talks a lot about what makes her approach different from the approach of many diet culture influence chiropractors, and she also offers advice on when one should think about seeking the help of a chiropractor and even share some tips for finding a good chiropractor in your local area. I absolutely loved this conversation with her, and I really hope that you will as well. So without further ado, let's go talk to Dr. Megan Banker. Hey, Dr. Megan, how are you today? Hi, good morning. I'm doing well. I am so excited to have you here on the Yours Chili podcast. Thanks for spending some time with me today next to your uh, spine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm super excited to be here. I have my spine support system over here with me. <laughs> maybe maybe we should clarify for our listeners if we're like with your spine, like of course she has their spine. <laughs> like, no, uh, she has a, a a model. Is what would you what would you call that beside Yeah, you? a model, a model spine, kind of like how doctors have like big model skeletons. I just need the spine part because I'm a chiropractor. So. Well, we're, uh, we're going to talk more about that here in a couple of minutes, but before we get there, are you ready to play a little this or that? I'm so ready. Okay. Let's do it. First question for you, uh, fall or spring fall 100% hands down mm, getting to be your favorite time of the year then. <laughs> yeah. I'm a November baby. So fall is fall is my time to shine. Okay. So my question then, is it your favorite because you were born around that time of year or do you like other aspects of fall as well? Uh, I think a little bit of both. It's obviously like I look forward to my birthday every year, but I also really love big cozy sweaters, like everything that you would put in the category of like basic. I love it. 
Oh, um, except for pumpkin spice lattes or pumpkin spice anything. I don't, I don't love pumpkin spice, but I love big cozy sweaters. I love the color change, um, the transition into like a slowing down period and uh-huh. kind of that transition into a reflecting period. Like I just, I love fall and the idea of wintering. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's my That's jam. A- That's a cool way of thinking about it. And two, like where you are located in the United States, I'm sure, I I know it's beautiful where I am in the fall as well, but I'm sure it's beautiful where you are too. It is. Yeah. I'm in Portland, Oregon. So, and I moved here because it's like gray and rainy, but then Uh it it makes the greens so pretty. Like the green of the trees is really pretty in the fall. And we do get some color changes, not as dramatic as the East coast, but um, everything, just the forest is so pretty in the fall. Yeah. Well, I am honored to be speaking with a fellow fall lover. I'm all about it. <laughs> Next question. Do you prefer to sleep in or get up early if you had a choice? Oh, sleeping in. I was just talking with my husband about this this morning because he's a morning person and oh, I love him to death, but sometimes <laughs> in the morning I'm like, you have got to stop talking to me. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I feel like, uh, I could be friends with your husband in that way. I very much am a morning person and I have a lot of close friends who are not morning people. And I have learned that I sometimes need to tone it down around them in the morning a little bit, just as they need to tone it down around me in the evening. Right. We have our, yeah, I'm a total night owl. Like he'll go to bed at like 10 or 11 and I'll stay up until like two or three in the morning. Just that's when I do a lot of my creative work. Uh Uh-huh. Um, so I'm a total, total night owl, which makes it hard to operate in the nine to five world (laughs) a little bit. I can imagine, but yeah, Yeah. I've, um, I'm coming to learn as I just get to know more people. And as I work with clients that each person just like has their time of day where they feel best and they work best Mm -hmm. and not everyone's is in the nine to five window. (laughs) Yeah. I would say probably majority of people. (laughs) Yeah. Next question. Very, very important here. Do you prefer hard shell tacos or soft shell tacos? Ooh, I think it depends on the protein that's in the taco. Like for fish, like, <laughs> like for fish tacos, I prefer like a soft shell, like a nice flour tortilla or even uh-huh. a warm corn tortilla, but, um, or like chicken, I prefer soft, uh-huh. but for things like beef or things that are going to be like a little juicier, I like the crunchy. So. Wow. I have never thought about answering that question based on the protein that's in the taco. Yeah. You have given me something new to ponder. <laughs> opened your, opened your mind to yeah, open uh, my mind pairing, a little bit. Pairing the shell with the protein, you know? Absolutely. You're a, yeah, you're giving me in my dinner menu something to think about for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, okay. I have one more food question and then one more non-food question. Okay. Let's start with the food. Do you prefer white potatoes or sweet potatoes? Um, I prefer white potatoes and I always have, uh, I don't love sweet potatoes very much. I'm, I'm with you there a hundred percent. I know. Like if you tell people you don't really like sweet potatoes or you'd rather have the regular fries over the sweet potato fries, sometimes I'll get like yeah. a side eye, like, are you for real? But I just think white potatoes taste better. Like, don't get me wrong. Sweet potatoes mm-hmm. can be delicious and have their place. But I think the white ones just, they taste better in my opinion. Yeah. The only preparation I like sweet potatoes in is if they are mixed with like a roasted Brussels sprout Mm. and like a little bit of bacon and some Mm. green apple. Like that is a very fall with like some pecans on there. Um, That to me is like a very fall dish. Um, And I would put sweet potato over white potato in that, but almost every other preparation of potato, I would use white potato. 
Yeah. The dish that you just described, that's a dish that you would eat in the cozy sweater with mm-hmm. like a nice mug of tea, not pumpkin spice for you, but that's like a very fall. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, Absolutely. So final this or that question, beach or mountains? This is another hard one for me because I have preferences based on kind of my mood, like uh-huh. the beach, the beach is where I go to be by myself. Um, like every three months I try to rent a cabin on the beach alone where I can go and just like recharge. I was a swimmer for 14 years. So being near the water is huge for me. Um, I'm, I'm a water sign as a Scorpio. So, uh, I just love being near the water when I want to be alone and introspective. Like I don't like, and I don't like being in the water. I like being near the beach. Uh Um, but then the mountains is so close to home when it comes to, um, like my husband and I are mountain climbers. So we spend a lot of time in the mountains together. Uh, it's gorgeous. It's kind of where I explore my strength and my fears and kind of a lot of like mental healing happens for me in the mountains. Uh-huh. So yeah, it's kind of like the taco, you know, what's, what are we, what's our goal here? <laughs> yeah, it depends. Uh, that was a very thoughtful response. And I think um, we'll allow you to have a, a both answer to that or it depends type of answer but yeah anyone who has ever explored your like presence on social media and we'll be sure to tag your social media and all of that at the end of the episode but uh anyone who's ever checked that out knows that you definitely spend some time in the mountains doing outdoorsy things I've seen lots of lots of cool photos and we'll talk about that more in a moment but okay I know I said those were all of my questions I do have one more but it's not a this or that And the reason why I'm asking you this question is because of some of our conversation over DM leading up to this favorite Taylor Swift album, ready, set, go reputation. Ah, I knew you were going to say that because you told me that for DM, but uh, (laughs) I just, I had to take it. It's polarizing. It's it's a polarizing. (laughs) It is. It is. It is. Listen, I, I think this is when we talked about this. It was maybe a month or so ago at this point, I was feeling brave one day and I posted on my story, the rankings of albums and I put reputation as one. And I got a couple angry DMS. Let me say people are very opinionated on their. (laughs) They really are. And I just, I don't know. I just love, I love the writing in that one. I think Uh it's um, her lyricism really started to kind of come out a little bit more in that one. I think it was probably one where she had more creative direction than some of her earlier albums. I agree. Um, And it just, for me, that one, I was like, oh, she's actually like coming into her own as a lyricist in this one. Absolutely. I I just had to take this opportunity to ask a fellow <laughs> reputation lover, because it's not often that I come across a fellow human who would rank reputation as one. Although I have to say, there's a fly buzzing around me in my room. Uh, I have to say, we're talking about things that fit with the fall season, though. Evermore and Folklore are definitely fall albums, in my opinion. They are. They, they mm-hmm. very much are. They, they give the fall vibes. But for me, Reputation is probably the only one where I have like zero skips. If there's never a song uh-huh. that I don't want to listen to on that album. Agree. Well, thank you for <laughs> allowing me the opportunity <laughs> to, to insert this into com. People listening are like, are they ever going to start talking about what they're here to talk about? Or are they just <laughs> going to talk about Taylor Swift the whole time? Well, we are going to pivot now. And uh, I have... <laughs> so many questions that I am excited to ask you about 
adventuring in the outdoors and being a chiropractor and doing that through a haze lens. But before we even get there, for anyone who is not familiar with you or what you do or your content, could you maybe spend a couple of moments just sharing who you are and what you do? Yeah. I don't even know if we said my name yet. Uh, if we did, here it is. I said, hey, Dr. <laughs> Megan. I said that oh, at the beginning. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I'm Dr. Megan Baker. I am 32, almost 33. Uh, I live in Portland, Oregon. I am a chiropractor here. I own my own practice. Um, and when I'm not running a business, I am also a mountain climber, a rock climber. I do a lot of teaching in that world. Um, I spend a lot of time in the outdoor space and I started posting about it on Instagram about four years ago when I started doing it. I hadn't ever done anything outdoorsy before, um, before I moved to Portland and decided I wanted to try something new and quickly realized that there was a lot of things that were difficult about entering the outdoor space, especially in, in something that's kind of niche like rock climbing um, or mountaineering. And so I started posting about my struggles with imposter syndrome and kind of different attitudes about what it what it looks like to be a climber or what kind of attitude you need to be a climber. And um, I started resonating with a lot of different people on Instagram about, about that space. And so that has opened up a lot of different doors for me. Um, and it's been a wild journey. But yeah, that's kind what, of a little blurb. <laughs> yeah. What got you interested in general, you mentioned, if I heard correctly, that you really kind of started stepping into the outdoors like four-ish years ago. Is that what you said? Yeah, about about four four years ago, four or five years. Yeah. What um what sparked you to to doing that? If that was something that you didn't necessarily like grow up doing intensely, what about four years ago made you want to start? Yeah. Uh, when I moved to Portland, I didn't know anybody. I didn't have any friends or anything, and. Um, part of the allure of moving to the Pacific Northwest was to start doing some more hiking and, and exploring. And I joined um, a meetup group of, of hikers and uh, I had gone on like one or two hikes with them. And then what really got me started in, in mountain climbing was a midnight climb of Mount St. Helens. Mm-hmm. Um, because when I was little, I was obsessed with Mount St. Helens. I uh-huh. read everything about it. I like someone brought me a little vial of ash from there, like I thought it was so cool um, and so interesting and just like I would watch videos on the explosion and um, yeah, I just, Mount St. Helens was like one of like five things that I was just like intensely interested in as a child. And so the thought that you could actually climb to the top of it and look into the caldera and like still see like smoke coming out of the volcano, I just thought it was so cool that like a regular quote unquote person could do that. Uh Um, and so these women were like, yeah, we'll take you up at midnight. Uh, so we climbed it all through the dark so that when we reached the top for sunrise, we could see the sun coming up and there was like other mountains in the background. And it was wow. just, it, yeah, I mean, it changed my whole world, um, which is like, I feel cliche even saying it, but it totally did. And they invited me on another mountain climb after that. And both of these climbs, they're mountain climbs, but they didn't have any snow on them. They didn't require any like technical climbing skills, like being on a rope team or having like little ice axes or anything like they were pretty much just really long day hikes. Uh And in the climbing world, people would say like they're easy mountains, but that really bothers me because they aren't easy at all by any stretch. 
um, but they are technically beginner mountains. And so after that, I knew that I wanted to keep going. I wanted to climb more mountains. I wanted to get more comfortable on snow. And so I took an eight week long beginner climbing class. And the first half of the class teaches you rock climbing, which I had no interest in. I was like, I, uh, I live in a bigger body. And I was like, I don't, I don't have any interest in that. I don't have any arm strength. I don't want to put on a harness. Like I don't want to be interested in rock climbing at all. And then the second half of the class was the mountain climbing aspect. So like how to walk in steep snow, how to use an ice axe, how to be on a rope team, safety in the mountains, like that kind of stuff. That's what I was looking forward to, but you couldn't take it in chunks. You had to Uh take the whole eight weeks. And the very first day I was paired up with an assistant in the course to to like be with me for the eight weeks and help me um, work with me one-on-one to feel comfortable. And like, if I had questions, so kind of just to be like my little guide through the class. And that person is my now husband, Andy. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. That's cool. There's a love story in here. <laughs> there is, there is. And he was really into rock climbing. And so, um, you know, he was really encouraging and really helpful. And he is, um, you know, kind of what you would think of when you think of a rock climber, like he's small and fit. And just the fact that like he was so encouraging of even, and he even is still to this day, like he still, um, I think he encourages me because he sees like that I can do things before I can see that. Uh-huh. Um, and so when I was just starting out climbing, he would, he would ask me to go to the gym with him after class. And, you know, like I thought he was cute. So <laughs> sure, I'll give it a try. And he just, he was so welcoming and encouraging for me that it really did kind of open my eyes a little bit more to rock climbing. And um, I totally fell in love with it. And so that's kind of my origin story in, in rock climbing and mountain climbing. And now we go back and we assist in that class together every year, uh, which is really fun for us. And we spent the rest of that summer climbing different things. And like I had an extra permit to climb Half Dome and he had an extra permit to go whitewater rafting. So we traded permits and yeah, we just kind of went on this adventure together and we've been doing it ever since. So you, let me get this straight. So you went from... I have no interest in rock climbing to, I might be open to it. And wow, I have this support system. I have someone who's encouraging me. Maybe I'll give it a shot. And then you were just adventuring all summer long. That's awesome. Yep. Yep. (laughs) It was from like zero to 60. And, and now I teach rock climbing, which is bizarre. (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, I hope too that class that you're referencing that you two go back and assist with, I hope they, uh, use you all as like the quote unquote, like testimonial success story. Like not only will you become a more competent (laughs) adventurer, but you could also fall in love. (laughs) Yeah, it is. I mean, it's, it is kind of funny how many like couples come out of that course or just Mm -hmm. like the organization in general, it's a mountaineering organization here in, in Portland. And yeah. Um, yeah, it is kind of like a funny thing of like, you're going to go take this class and like find your person. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your origin story when it comes to being in the outdoors. I, um, for anyone who wants like more specifically on the outdoorsy conversation, I had a, a podcast interview, uh, by the time this comes out, it'll maybe be a couple months ago with Ash Manning, who, you know, uh, yes. kind of how, oh, how, 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 She's amazing, but that's kind of how you and I, yeah, she's 
amazing. Had so much fun talking to her. But for anyone who's interested in hearing more on all of the outdoorsy stuff, please go find my episode with Ash. But I'd love if it's okay with you to kind of shift to like the second part of our conversation because I am so excited to pick your brain on all things chiropractic 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 yeah chiropractic yeah there we go a Um, lot of people like to to do uh chiropractics with an s or chiropractic with a y um which is oh it's because it's like all the medical words they all have different endings but yeah it's just chiropractic chiropractic okay I was tempted to put a Y on the end, but something just did not feel right about that. So thank you yeah. for, uh, for helping <laughs> me out there. But I'm so interested to pick your brain on all things chiropractic, especially through a haze lens, which is how you practice. So before we even get into that, could you maybe just share a little bit about what that is and who might be seeking the help or the support of a chiropractor? Like when might someone want to seek your profession's help in their life. Yeah. I think, um, a lot of people will kind of initially look at chiropractic as like back pain or neck pain, which is, Uh I feel like maybe a corner that we've kind of put ourselves in, but, um, really anything musculoskeletal, but which is, is fine. Like we can definitely help with that. Um, as a lot of other body work professions can, um, but what gets me excited about chiropractic is the, um, the potential to really help stabilize your nervous system. So our spine protects our spinal cord, which contains our nervous system, which controls everything in our body. And there's a relationship between the spinal cord and the spinal bones. And when those spinal bones aren't functioning properly, our nervous system can't function properly. And so if we can kind of restore that balance, restore that relationship, we can restore the function to the nervous system, which helps with a lot of different things. So I often will tell patients, like, I don't treat things specifically. Like I like to say, like, I don't actually treat your back pain or your neck pain or your allergies or your, whatever it is that you're here for. I restore that balance. And then your body does its healing. Um, which I think to me is, is a lot more exciting than like, we're going to push on that backbone and that's gonna. I mean, everybody wants to get out of pain for sure, but the idea that we can improve someone's life on so many different aspects. A lot of times I have people coming in for back pain and after working with me a little bit, they're like, you know, I'm just like, I feel so much more stable, like emotionally, mentally, I had this back pain, which is why I came to you, but I also had this like knee pain that's gone now. And I'm noticing that like my posture is better. And I've had people that have like stopped snoring. Like my husband was such a terrible snorer when I first met him and he doesn't snore anymore ever. And so it's like all these things that I'm not treating specifically that thing. It just is allowing your body to work a little bit better. Um, and that's what gets me excited. That's uh, the ripple effect. That's what I call yeah. it with my clients. Like in a way, yeah. I say a lot of the times, you know, many clients reach out to me being a dietitian, of course, hoping to work on the relationship with food. But then after months or sometimes even years of working together, we realize that, yeah, we do focus on the food, but the impact is so much larger or the work touches so many areas of their life. And it sounds like there's a parallel for you in that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's, um, it's so interesting and there's so many different, different professions that do that. And that when you're looking at treating a person as a whole through like their initial goals, but then also you see this, this larger aspect because we aren't just 
a back or a knee or a food or, um, you know, we're, we're a whole body. And so when you start to really improve an aspect of health, like a physical health or a mental health or an emotional health, it encompasses all of that together. So you start to heal in all of those aspects too. Yeah. We're a whole human, a whole person. We are. Yeah. And something else, I I mentioned this earlier, but maybe we can expand on it a little bit. Uh, When you and I were going back and forth, brainstorming topics for this episode or what we were going to get into, you brought up kind of how you do your work from a haze or a health at every size for anyone who Mm -hmm. doesn't know the acronym, informed lens. I'd love to know if you could just kind of describe how does that fit in to the work that you do as a chiropractor or maybe phrased slightly differently. How do you approach your work differently than chiropractors who take a more traditional or or weight centric approach? Yeah, it was something that I, I didn't realize was so prevalent in chiropractic when I went into it. So I did my bachelor's and master's degrees in neuroscience before I went into chiropractic. So I didn't start a lot of people who go into chiropractic are kind of like chiropractic legacy babies. Like their parents were chiropractors. Mm -hmm. So they became a chiropractor. Um, But I didn't come from that world or they come from some other, like other alternative medicine space. Mm -hmm. Um, But I came from the neuroscience land. And so when I came into chiropractic, I was kind of shocked by how, weight centric and diet centric, it can be, and it can be a really toxic environment. Um, and for me, I really struggled with that in chiropractic school, especially because I've always lived in a bigger body. So I've gone through some of those things, um, that, that one goes through and it was, it was really triggering for me in a lot of different ways being in that world. And I didn't want to create an office with that in mind. I didn't want to, create a space for people where we were going to talk about weight. And I get people in here a lot who have lived in bigger bodies and have this idea that the reason that their back hurts is because they are a certain size. And um, so I wanted to create a space that was safe for people in whatever body that they were living in, that we could address their goals from a place of where do you see yourself on your health journey? How can I get you there? And how can I help you reframe that from, it's not that your body size is causing these issues. It's all, you know, a host of other things. Like, let's talk about, are you finding joyful movement? You know, are you eating intuitively in a way that your body is asking you for? Are you, how are your relationships with other people? Like all of these things have such a bigger impact on your health overall than the size and shape of your body. And when I tell that to people who have thought for years and years and years that the reason that their back hurts or the reason that their core is weak or the reason that their neck is sore is because they've either gained weight or they've always lived in a bigger body. Just that, like saying those words to them is so affirming that I've had people cry in my office because like, you're the first medical provider who's told me you don't have to lose weight or gain weight or change my shape and size of my body in order to achieve some of these health goals that I have. Yeah. And that was what was really important to me. That's, um, that's so it's heartbreaking and, and it gives you hope at the same time, heartbreaking in that yeah. you are sometimes the first healthcare professional that people hear that from, especially if you're seeing people in their twenties, thirties, forties above, if they've gone their whole life, having mm-hmm. interactions with medical professionals from this mindset of, 
feeling like the blame is on them because of their body, because of their weight. And again, brings me joy and happiness at the same time to know that there are providers like you out there who are those people who can say, well, let's talk about these other things. And are you, you know, nourishing your body in a way that feels good for you? Are you moving in a way that feels comfortable and accessible? Like your whole answer there, it kind of made me think that you and your practice are shifting the blame that oftentimes is put on body weight. And you're opening up a a conversation to help people get curious about the many other factors that play a role in our health in general, and just how we feel in our bodies on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that was what I really, really wanted. And I mean, I kind of selfishly wanted it for myself because as a person that's always lived in the bigger body, but someone who has also always been athletic, like I have this, um, you know, I've gone through all of these things. I've gone through the periods of thinking that it was my body. That was the problem. I've gone to doctors and had them, you know, for things that weren't the reason that I was there. I've gone to, to doctors for other reasons and had the weight aspect brought into it. And so I didn't want to be that person. I wanted to like, for me, it's almost kind of lazy medicine to, to say, Mm -hmm. well, like change your body and come back to me in six months and let's see how you're doing. Um, I wanted to be more curious about people and their aspects of their life that have brought them to where they are right now. And I didn't want to shame anyone for the decisions that they had made, because sometimes there are things in life that are unavoidable. Like sometimes we can't, um, or we don't know how to nourish our bodies the way that we want, or sometimes we don't have the time to move our bodies in a way that brings joy. Um, Sometimes we don't have the finances to do those things. So, um, you know, as someone who put themselves through college and lived in a bigger body and maybe made decisions that weren't in line with my own health goals sometimes, like you never know what someone's going through. And as a doctor, I feel that it's my job to really be someone's partner in their health journey and not be this like power player over them. that's telling them what they need to do. I am here to help guide someone. And um, I really kind of took that from my mountain climbing aspect of like, I'm here to be your teammate to get you to the top of the mountain together or wherever along the way. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and if we can, do that together in a safe space, like the outcomes for, for patient care are just so much better. And I can imagine too, the environment that you create in your office or in the patient care setting is so much more conducive for people like wanting to come back, right. When they're met with, she actually cares about me and she's not shoving a diet down my throat. And she's being really thoughtful about all of the other aspects of my health, not just one thing. Like when we think about like compassionate care, just like being a decent human being in general, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. those are the things that, um, that we need as healthcare providers to create an environment where people are wanting to come back and, um, not, you know, discontinue care because they had an awful experience with someone who was supposed to provide a safe space. So that's wonderful. Yeah. And especially in something like body work, right? Like Mm -hmm. there has to be a level of trust. I'm putting my hands on your body and Mm -hmm. that can be really triggering for some people, especially if there's some sort of emotional trauma that they're working through. And so I always wanted to create this space. And that's something that I talk about in the very first visit with people. Like this is a safe and open space. Like Mm -hmm. I have a lot of different tools in my toolbox for you. So 
if there's something that you don't like, or it makes you uncomfortable, or you want to hold off on that, like, this is your, I'm here for you. Like you are in this space for you. And so we will work at whatever speed we need to and in whatever way that we need to. Um, and in that same way, I want to help people foster trust in their own bodies because a lot of times people are coming to me saying like, I don't trust that I can do the things I used to be able to do because I'm in pain or because I've lost function here. And so that is a huge part of it too, is creating that body trust that Mm -hmm. sometimes we lose when our physical health is not where we want it to be. Yeah. There's a lot of trust. I'm, I'm kind of piecing together as you're talking about this. There's a lot of trust that has to go on in every healthcare providers world, but especially yours, not only helping someone rebuild trust with their own body, but I've only been to one chiropractor in my entire life. I've only (laughs) gone once. It was a great experience. I felt amazing after, but you have to have a, a certain level of trust with them as the provider. I'm thinking back to, you know, being on the adjustment table or whatever you call Mm -hmm. it, like the neck adjustment. It's like, oh my gosh, this person's about to snap my neck. Like I better trust (laughs) that they know what they're doing. Yeah. And I think too, there's like a lot of, there's a lot of um, unknown about like chiropractic Mm -hmm. too, because there's, there's a lot of different ways that you can adjust a person. Like it doesn't have to be like the ones that you see on videos where they're like twisting a neck from side to side. Like there's, there's a lot of different ways that you can perform an adjustment and it, it really is kind of stylistic to the chiropractor and also should be to, you know, what the patient's looking for as well. So I think there's that aspect of like unknowing, like, I don't know what you're going to do. And so that like kind of freaks people uh-huh. out a little bit, or they've watched a lot of TikTok videos or YouTube <laughs> yeah. videos. And like, all they see, like all they see in the video is like the crack. They don't right. see like, you know, the, the assessment that goes into it or, you know, all the other aspects of, of going to the chiropractor. And so it is funny because I'll get people that come into my office that have only ever experienced chiropractic like through TikTok videos. And I have to be like, okay, let's talk about what we're going to do here. I'll, <laughs> I'll walk people through it and, and that kind of stuff too. So there is this, this other aspect of like, a lot of people just don't know what we do. And as a profession, I think that we have not done a great job of, of actually like talking about that or being transparent about it. Um, and so it is kind of funny to me. It's like, yeah, I have no idea what you're going to do to me. I'm like, that's yeah. fair. We'll talk, we'll talk you through it. <laughs> well, I, uh, I'm very happy to have you here. So you can talk about like, this is what we do. And this is why you might see a chiropractor. But um, one question that I have that relates to what we were speaking about earlier, and I want to go back here because I have a feeling that some of our listeners were probably nodding their head being like, I've thought that before. I've struggled with that thought, et cetera. So this whole idea of placing the blame for maybe a discomfort that we feel in the body on weight, or it's because I, you know, haven't moved as much over the past year. It's because I've gained weight, you know, insert blaming statement here. If someone has ever felt that way about their body, uh, what might you say to them? Or what might be a couple of I don't know, thoughts, reflection points that you could share to help them kind of shift the focus away from body blame and maybe back to body trust, if that's a way we can phrase it. Yeah. I mean, I think whenever I work with somebody through these kinds of things, it's, I always go back to like, okay, can you imagine a time in your life where 
you were experiencing joy? Like what, what things were going on in your life that you were experiencing joy? And most of the time the answer is not, well, I was like X number of pounds or my body was this shape. It's usually like, yeah, I really enjoyed when I was a collegiate athlete. Like that was a really good time because I had all of these teammates around me and I felt really strong and athletic and I was running all the time or I was doing all these things. And like, when you really start to kind of deep dive with someone, when they, they have this picture in their mind of like who they used to be before Mm -hmm. they were at this point, that's when I start to say, okay, so like you will have changed as a person since then your body has changed a little bit, but there are aspects of that life that you can still have. Like, talk to me about, do you have a group of friends that, you know, you had when you were a college, a college athlete, like, you know, your teammates become your people. Um, do you have people? And a lot of times it's like, no, I'm feeling really lonely and isolated. I'm working from home. I've lost a lot of my friendships. And it's like, okay, well, how can we work on that? Like, do we need to bring somebody on? Do we need to bring a therapist on to talk to you through some of those things? Um, talk to me about, you talked about, you know, you really enjoyed working out every day because you're a collegiate athlete and we're not there at that point right now, but like, what things are you doing for joyful movement? It's like, Oh, mm-hmm. well, I'm working from home. So I'm sitting in front of a computer nine hours a day. So, okay. What things can we do now to bring joyful movement back into your life? Um, and so it's really talking about most of the time when people are putting the blame on their body, they're coming from that place of scarcity of like, there's something that I don't have or that I've done to put myself in this place of wanting to have more, whether it's have, you know, or have a different thing. Um, that wasn't phrased very well, but if we shift that, that mindset from this place of my, I'm not good enough, my body's not good enough. I need to change my body. I need to change X, Y, Z thing from this place of what can I add into my life that will make me happier? What can I add into my life that will bring me joy? What can I add into my life that will bring me peace? Um, What can I add into my life that will bring me uh, a better relationship with people or my body? Um, And I think, and I think you've talked about this too, like Mm -hmm. just adding, adding in things instead of starting to restrict things or take things away or put these restrictions on myself. Like I can't eat that, or I need to, you know, do these like crazy exercise things. Like if we can just look for, look for joy and find that joy um, and add that in, in a little bit, a little bit more, you know, I always tell people like 5% more, can we have 5% more joy this week? Like what would that that. look like for you? Does that look like taking a nap? Does that look like, you know, eating a cookie? Does it look like going for a walk outside? Like what can you do to just keep adding a little bit more joy 5% each week until you feel better? That's I'm going to, I might have to recycle that statement uh, and I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll attach you to it for sure. But that's um, such a cool way to look at it. Like 5%, like a little bit more. And I'm smiling yeah. so much. Because everybody can do 5% more. Like it's hard to be like, uh-huh. listen, we need to 100% change your life tomorrow. Right. Like, that's going to be overwhelming for, they're going to shut down. So yeah. if you can just like, but you can do 5% more, right? Like you can find 5% more space in your calendar for you. Absolutely. And um, people are like, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. It feels so much more accessible and so much more inviting. And 
I was smiling so much as you were using the words of what can we add in. You're right. I, I talk about that a lot, especially when it comes to the food and the stepping away from restriction aspect. I call that the add in mentality rather mm-hmm. than the takeaway. And I think we can apply it to food, movement, other little joy nuggets in our life, if we can call them that. Um, but I have to say here on just like a, a personal aside before we plug where people can find you and follow along with your work. When I was coming into this conversation, I was brought back to uh, a time in my life when I had a lot of interactions with a chiropractor. I only got an adjustment once, but I went to a lot of you know seminars. They were teaching a lot of classes that were related to nutrition. And I, at the time, was still in high school, but I knew I wanted to study nutrition. And um, unfortunately, this chiropractor or this, the the way that they approached health and food in general took a really negative toll on my personal relationship with food because it was so Mm -hmm. weight centric. It was very diety. It was based in a whole loo of supplements that I don't even know what they were for, what they were doing. So as I was reflecting back on that time in my life and having a not so positive memories of a chiropractor. I was so grateful to be coming into this conversation with you, knowing that you approach things very differently and with a lot more thought and intentionality. Mm -hmm. You are uh, creating a a safe space for people, not only in their relationships with their bodies, but food as well. Because unfortunately, I don't think we can say that for everyone in your profession or my profession as well. It's not just yours. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I, could probably say for the majority of my profession, it's, it's been, uh, it's been an interesting journey being this type of chiropractor because they, they're, they're far and few between, um, and which is frustrating. I I mean, I'm sure you experienced that in your profession too, the the frustration of of trying to change things and and trying to, uh, especially when there's a a reputation thing there, right? Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people, and I don't know if this is true for nutrition, but for chiropractic, certainly a lot of people will go one time have not a great experience and then like will be done. Um, and we don't do that in some other places, like, you know, finding a therapist. Sometimes you have to try a couple finding Mm -hmm. someone who even like a nutritionist, I've worked with Mm -hmm. some in the past and like, you have to kind of find the right fit for you. Right. Um, and it's the same for chiropractic. Not every chiropractor is going to be the same. Um, they're not going to approach things from the same place. And so finding one that works for you and your needs, and it's okay to say like, I like you as a person. I don't think that your approach is for me and that's totally okay. Um, I'm certainly not for everybody either. Um, so it's definitely been hard to kind of find my place in that. And I, oftentimes I kind of made a post about this yesterday. Like I oftentimes feel a little bit lonely in my profession because I don't know where the other chiropractors are that, uh, that are like, there's a couple that I know, but, um, it, it can definitely be kind of a lonely place to be. But at the same time, um, I, I felt all those same things that you just described yeah. about chiropractic as a profession, as a chiropractor of mm-hmm. like what there's just, there's a lot of diet, weight loss supplement, like mm-hmm. kind of, um, preachy things about nutrition, um, that, you know, is sometimes just also not in our lane. Like mm-hmm. that's what 
what nutritionists are for. That's what you're here for. Yeah. You don't see me out here cracking backs and adjusting legs and doing that. No, no, I, I could never. Um, well, I know I can, I, I can only speak for myself, but I hope I speak for a lot of other people. When I say we are so incredibly glad that chiropractors like you exist um, to kind of provide a different approach and really look at the whole person and the whole human, not just the spine, like you were talking about earlier. And it has been such a pleasure connecting with you. I honestly feel like I could talk with you for many minutes, dare I say hours longer, but I want to be (laughs) respectful of your time. So for anyone who has been listening up until this point, and they want to learn more about you tag along with all of your adventures there in the Pacific Northwest, where can people find you and what's the best way to get more information on you? Yeah. Um, I guess my social media is a good one. Um, I have two. So my personal social, which is where you'll find all my adventuring, um, is at PDX, which is the Portland airport code. Everyone always asks about that, but (laughs) everything in Portland is PDX, like all the businesses and stuff. So it's PDX outdoor Cairo, C-H-I-R-O, like chiropractor. Uh Uh, So PDX outdoor Cairo is my, my personal one. And then my business one, but I do more about chiropractic and my, my practice is uh, my practicing is Verve Lifestyle Center, so V-E-R-V-E. And my Instagram on that is Verve Life PDX. Okay. Um, Oh, go ahead. Keep going. Oh, I was just going to say, and if anyone can always find my emails on there, um, you can, yeah, social is probably the best way to find all the rest of the ways to contact me. I'm realizing as you're sharing the handle of your like professional or your business Instagram. I don't think I follow you there. I know I follow your personal one mm-hmm. where you do all of your adventuring, but I'm going to have to to find you there as well and, and see what you post. But um, thank you so much for being here, for sharing your morning, almost my afternoon with me. I know our <laughs> listeners will get so much value out of this conversation. And like I told you at the top, I'm, uh, I'm always grateful when I can connect with someone who has a different area of training or expertise than, than I do, but we still see eye to eye on the approach to food and body. So again, thank you so much for your time and my listeners, that's all we have for you today. So we will go ahead and sign off by saying yours, Julie, Claire, and Dr. Megan. And that's our show for today. Thank you so much for joining Dr. Megan and I for episode 151 here on the Yours Truly podcast. As always, if you enjoyed today's episode or anything else that I share here on the pod, it would mean so, so much to me and all of my guests as well if you could take a couple of moments, however much time you have, to tap those five stars and leave a positive review. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and can do that, that is one of the best ways to help the show grow and reach the ears of more listeners. If you are not listening on Apple Podcasts, maybe you're somewhere like Spotify or SoundCloud, you can also share the show by taking a screenshot of today's episode, maybe sharing it on your story or your social media platform of choice. Be sure to tag me at Claire Tuning and you can tag Dr. Megan as well at PDX Outdoor Cairo, like chiropractor, but shortened, but you can tag both of us so that we can say hey and give you a personal thank you for listening. But that is all we have for you today. I will hope to see you back here next Wednesday and maybe even tonight, Wednesday, October 20th as well for our fall webinar.
The registration link for that is in the show notes of today's episode, and I promise it'll be a good and very punny time. But I'll see you back here next week, and have a great week until then. Take care.